Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. God bless. I want to jump right in to the message this morning. This is uh, part three of a series that I've entitled Kings and Priests. And today it is about being holy worshipers. As kings and priests, there is a, a work that the Lord desires to do through us. The Lord desires to, uh, for us to be kings and priests for those that we would be in interacting with. Kings and priests to minister in authority, that royal priesthood. The king has the authority and the priest ministers. We are a royal priesthood. We are kings and priests unto the Lord God, unto God. John says in Revelations 1, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits or the Holy Spirit, the spirit of perfection who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. Every single king, he is ruler over them all. And to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I know that the work that the Lord would do through us to minister with authority in the power of His name and by His Spirit is something that should be happening and the Lord desires to have work happening through us. And I, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, your background, your, your status in society, your position at work, your intellect, your knowledge, the things that you know or you don't know, it doesn't matter. The Lord desires to work through you to minister to others. And that work is a powerful work. And that is even beyond what we may even ask or think because of the power of the Spirit of God within us. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above what you may even ask or think. And especially in these last days, by the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that is within you. I was ready to start the message of being kings and priests to minister to others. And this morning, it was like, you're missing one thing here that needs to be spoken. Before you can minister to others, before there's a ministry to others, there needs to be a ministry that goes up to God. And it needs to be a ministry that is in the beauty of holiness. And this morning, even as we began last week to, to speak on this King Hezekiah, Hezekiah was a king that lived. Was, this is not a fable. I like what this past week uh, I heard a number of times in VBS. Everything that is in the word of God is truth. It's not made up. Everything that God has given to us in his word is truth. And this man, he lived or he reigned as king from 725 B.C to 697 B.C. For 29 years, he reigned. He was the best king, the most godly king besides King David. And we know David had flaws and faults. Hezekiah wasn't perfect either. But he was the most godly of all the kings that came before him. And he was one of the last there's only three or four kings that reigned after him before there were no more kings. 
reigning in, in Judah, the southern kingdom. Before we can minister to others, we need to minister to the Lord God. Are you ministering to the Lord God? You say, does God need any ministry? Does God need anything from us? God's heart and desire when it comes to the ministry that we can offer Him is basically around relationship. The relationship that we have with Him. The relationship to come into His presence. I don't know about you, but it's kind of hard to minister to somebody long distance. There's com it's completely different as we come this morning. There was ministry that was done firsthand. For those that came forward that, that needed prayers, I said, what is, what is your need? There's firsthand opportunity to minister but the thing of ministry to the Lord is that which would be of worship. And it does have to do with relationship. I started off the service reading from John 4, verse 23. In fact, this chapter talks about the, the woman at the well from Samaria. And it's... Soon as, as Jesus was interacting with her and dealing with things that were in her life that was not or should not be, she, she right away switched to try to, to push away. Hey, don't, uh, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, the, the, the husband that you have, or it's not your husband. It's the, it's the fifth man that you're with now at this point in time. He was, he was blunt but he loved this woman. And she right away began to talk about worship. And she's talking about worship that is not of the Lord, is not of, of God in, in that area. And we're going to talk a little bit about that area, what had happened to Samaria, they were supposed, or that was part of what used to be the northern kingdom. And this thing of Samaria and the Samaritans, where'd, where'd they come from? We're going to tie some of this together. But Jesus said to her, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is not seeking holy worship. He's seeking holy worshipers. He's not seeking holy worship. He's seeking holy worshipers, the ones that would bring worship to Him, the ones that would minister to the Lord, to glorify the Lord, to lift Him up, to exalt Him in who we are. He's not looking for holy worship. He's looking for holy worshipers, true worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is a spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. There is no other way to worship the Lord but in spirit and in truth. Spirit, as in you are born of God. You cannot worship God without being born of God because you are dead in trespasses and sins. And I thank God that the moment that we ask Jesus to forgive us, forgive us of our sins, the moment that we believe, in the verse before this one, he says, salvation comes from the Jews. He said to this woman, salvation comes from the Jews. He was speaking of himself, being a Jew, the Jew, the one that would bring salvation. The moment we believe 
on Jesus for our salvation, what he did for us on that cross 2,000 years ago. The moment that we receive Christ into our lives is the moment that we are born again and we are made alive spiritually because up until that point we, we were dead in trespasses and sins. It is only at that point that we can truly begin to worship God and that we would worship in truth. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the truth or the things that we would say, well, maybe this is, is acceptable before the Lord. And that's what they were doing just before Hezekiah's time and leading up to Hezekiah's time way back in the 8th century B.C. So holy worship can only be done by holy worshipers. This morning, that we would be holy worshipers. I want to give you what the Lord would give us. I'm going to be reading from two main chapters or three, actually, 2 Kings 18, 2 Kings 17. So we're going to go backwards. And we're also going to read from 2 Chronicles as well. And uh, I want you to see what the Lord wants for us from his word. So 2 Kings 18, verse 1 says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, the son of Eli, king of Israel. So I've mentioned the last few times that there was two kingdoms of Israel, one in the northern kingdom, one in the southern. And this was the third year of Hoshea, the son of Eli, king of Israel, the northern kingdom, kingdom that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. So he, Hezekiah began to reign over Judah and Benjamin in the third year of the northern kingdom, Hoshea. He was 25 years old when he became king. What a great responsibility of a 25-year-old. And he reigned for 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abby, the daughter of Zechariah. Listen, gets right to the point. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father, David, had done. And you say, oh, was he the son of David, King David? King David had lived almost four or 300 years prior, almost 300 years before. In fact, the name of Ahaz, it says that Hezekiah was the son of Ahaz. doesn't even mention him or it mentions his name, but Ahaz was, was a very wicked king. So Hezekiah's father was a wicked man and a wicked king. And it doesn't mention his name, but it ra rather it mentions David being his father because David had done what is right in the sight of the Lord. Besides Hezekiah, there was no other king like Hezekiah except for David who was had a heart for the Lord. The Lord loved David. So what did he do? He removed the high places you might say, what was a high place? A high place was a place of worship that was put in place that was not of God. As I mentioned, uh, I think last week, was these places were beautiful places, like parklands. And there was worship that went on there that was not unto God. So he removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden image and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. So even all the different pillars and all the different idols, he tore them down, he broke them. And even the bronze serpent that Moses had made almost 800 years prior, they had begun to worship this bronze Serpent, this serpent that was wrapped on a bronze metal piece. And they, were beginning, they had begun to worship the, this, this idol. They had made it into an idol. They were worshiping it. And he broke it into pieces. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Nehushtan. So it was their idol that they were worshiping. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah nor who were before him. 
for he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from, the falling, from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord was with him. He prospered wherever he went. Wherever he went, there was prospering in his life. Even that which would come against him, it says he rebelled against the king of Assyria and he did not serve him. The altars that should not be, that had been erected in the high places, he tore them down. That there would be a worship unto the Lord God and him alone. And the question is, what do we worship at this time? What do we put as value above the Lord God? What comes before God in your life? These are things that we have to look at. And I recognize sometimes there are things that are not intrinsically evil that we put before God. I would say that one thing that we might do is, is put recreation before God. Our time comes before God. God, if you fit into my schedule, I'll schedule you in. But if it doesn't fit, if something else comes up, I'm going to, sorry, God. That there would be nothing before God. What do we value? In the northern kingdom, there was worship that had gone on for centuries. Hoshea was the 19th and last king in 722 B.C. The northern kingdom and all its people would be taken captive by Assyria and they would be scattered all over the place in different places, but especially they were taken from their land. It was never never reestablished. The worship that was supposed to be was changed. There was a new worship that came up. This happened immediately after Solomon, his son, King Rehoboam. It was there, he taxed the people and the, the, the ten tribes just rebelled against, saying we were not going to do these taxes. And there was another king that was put into place, Jeroboam. And so King Jeroboam was put into place, and he recognized that he would lose people because they were still familiar with worship. Under King David, under King Solomon, they were still familiar with what worship, true worship was. And so King Jeroboam decided, well, I'm going to put new altars up. And he made two calves, golden calves, and one of them he placed in the northern part of the, of, of the, the northern kingdom and one in the, the southern part of the northern kingdom so that people could go there and worship these idols. It's amazing how quickly a generation can turn away from God to worship other idols. And so they would worship. Now, there were some that wanted to have true worship. But it was amazing the influence that the king, the kings had on the people. We are to be kings and priests. To bring others, to minister to others, and especially that the greatest ministry that we can offer to somebody is that they would come to know Christ and that they would have life in Christ and through Christ to have their sins forgiven and that there could be relationship established with God and there could be a worship that would begin between us as new believers with God Almighty. He's saying, you can come into my presence. The altar that God had made was all about sacrifice. It had to do with the opportunity of people to have relationship with God even though they, they may, may have sinned and were there was a sacrifice to take care of their sins. There was a sacrifice or a, the, uh, the feast or the sacrifice of trespass for those that would trespass. They knew they had trespassed. 
the, the trespass offering. The sin offering was for those sins that they didn't even know they had committed, they would bring before the Lord just in case I, I did something I did, wasn't aware of so that I can come into the presence of God. All of this pointing to Jesus Christ and his ultimate sacrifice. To be able to come into the presence of God in the times of the priests, there was only one person that could come in direct contact with God, and that was only one day out of the year on the Day of Atonement where the high priest would come in with, with blood of a sacrifice and come into the Holy of Holies through the veil into the presence of Almighty God. Can you imagine only being able to come into the presence of God once a year? Here we have opportunity to come into the presence of God at any point because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us. At any time, we can come into the presence of God. And the question is, how do we come in? How do we come into the presence of God? That we would come in as holy worshipers. It is only through Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 10, verse 5, it says, Therefore, when he, that's Jesus, came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. You didn't desire all the sacrifices and offerings, but a body you have prepared for me. Jesus, the Son of God, who lived or has has always existed from before time began, came into this world at a certain point. A body was prepared for him, and he came, and he lived on this planet for 33 years. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, this is Jesus speaking, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously, it was said, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire nor had pleasure in them. These were all offered according to the law that God had put into place. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. And Jesus takes away the first that he may establish the second. So the Old Testament, all the, the sacrifices and all of that was culminated in his ultimate sacrifice on a cross for us so that we can come into the presence of God. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. If it wasn't for that, we could not come in to the presence of God. So, how do we come in? We know we can or we should come into the, God, uh, into the presence of God, but how do we come in? Do we come in as holy worshipers? Let's just look at some of the things of Hoshea from the northern kingdom. In the twelfth year of Ahaz, so Hezekiah's father, king of Judah, Hoshea, the son of Elah, became king of Israel in Samaria. That's where the Samaritan, the Samar uh, Samaritan woman was at the well. We're talking about, how did this come into place here? She's talking about worship. And he reigned nine years, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. So she only reigned nine years, and then they were taken captive. But not as the kings of Israel who were before him. So there was 18 kings before him that, that they did wicked, more, much more wicked than Hoshea. It says... But he did not as the kings of Israel who were before him. Hoshea wasn't as bad, in other words. He wasn't that bad. But he didn't worship the God of Israel. And we'll see that. Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up against him, and Hoshea became his vassal or his slave and paid him tribute money because he was conquered this king, Shalmaneser of Assyria, king of Assyria, he says, I want tribute, presents, every year. You owe me presents. If you don't, I'm going to wipe you out. 
I'll tell you this. It costs us when we don't worship the Lord. We may not be bad, but we don't worship the Lord truly. We don't worship the Lord with our, our, our lives and who we are. In fact, we think that, you know what, I'm not that bad. Now, I'm talking about believers beginning to place their, their trust or their faith in how good they may be. In fact, oftentimes, as we start to drift away from God, as we start to move away from God, it's harder to come into the presence of God. And we justify to ourselves, but I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. When it comes to how good we really are, our own righteousness, as righteous as we can be, in Isaiah 64, verse 6, it says, but we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. When we start saying, I'm not that bad, we are starting to look at ourselves and the fact that I'm a pretty good person. And it's saying here, Isaiah says, who also lived at that time, he says, our, our righteousness is like filthy rags. When you start to say, I'm not that bad, often it's coming along with, well, you know what, I can do this. I can include this in my worship because I'm not that bad. So, Hoshea decided, you know what, I can't depend, or I, I, I don't want to be giving tribute every year. I don't want to be a vassal. I don't want to be a slave to this king. So, it says in verse 4, 2 Kings 17, verse 4, it says, And the king of Assyria uncovered a conspiracy by Hoshea, for he had sent messengers to So, the king of Egypt. So, the king of Egypt, his name is So. And brought no tribute to the king of Assyria as he had done year by year. Therefore, the king of Assyria shut him up and bound him in prison. When you start depending on something outside of God, when you start depending on man, and sometimes we come into our, a place of worship knowing God, you're not first in my life, really. I, I depend more on man than on you. Who do you depend on in your situations? I'm not saying that we can't, hey, it's good to, you know, we have a need or whatever. I have people coming on a regular basis. Hey, I'm going through a struggle. Can you pray for me? Or, hey, I need help. Can you help me tangibly? Financially, I'm struggling in my finances. And I know there's times, yeah, we can help out and we help out. But I recognize that sometimes there's a dependence more on man. I'm going to depend on Pastor Dave before I depend on God. That is so wrong. I'm going to depend on, on the man of God rather than I'm going to depend on, on God himself. I can't believe how, I, and I, it just, it's, it's getting, we're living in difficult times. I recognize this. Lord, let me depend on you. The king, Hoshea, says, no, I'm going to see if the king So from Egypt, I'm going to depend on him. To, to, and so who knows how much tribute he paid to, the, to this king, this king from Egypt, to help him out of the situation of paying or being a slave to the northern king. My goodness. When we start depending on man, we're gonna st we, we start to have great dependence, and it doesn't seem to work out. And here we find out that the king of Assyria said, you're not giving me tribute? Fine. I'm coming in. Probably the very first one that he took was the king. 
He bound him in prison. Now the king of Assyria went throughout all the land and went up to Samaria and besieged it for three years. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away to Assyria and placed them in Halal, 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 and by the Abor, the river of Go, uh, Gozan, and in the cities of Medes. Sometimes you wonder, why, why do you, Lord, these names, these places, whatever, you name them by name, just to recognize, hey, it's not vague or general, but it's amazing. Oftentimes I'll look at these names to see what they mean. And when I looked at it, it was like, wow, this is interesting. When I stop depending on God and I start depending on other things, people, things, whatever, agencies, programs, whatever it may be, and I'm not depending on God, and I'm going to start to struggle. Do you know what hala means? Painful. So the king placed them in this place called painful. And by the Habor. This is a river. So, Habor, and, and the river Gozan in the cities of the Medes. So, it wasn't even Assyria. He plunks them over there where the Medes are. He says, That's where you're going to be. Habor means joining. Gozan, the river, of, the name of the river is a cutting off. And the Medes means middle land. I'm thinking, I'm not one way or another. I'm in between, in the middle land. I'm, what? That's my next verse. <laughs> Revelations chapter 3. Listen, in Revelations 3, 14, verse 16, you will get to that place where you become lukewarm. And you think you're all right. To the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, basically Jesus Christ. I know your works. I know every single one of your actions, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit, vomit you out of my mouth. You can't be lukewarm. You're going to be in a painful place. You're joining in with a cutting off. You're being cut off because you're in this middle ground. I'm not hot. I'm not cold. I'm on one side straddling the fence. Painful place to be. That's how you go through life. And it's like, I wonder why my life is this way. And the worship, I can't worship. I come to church and it's hard to worship. A lukewarm worship that God says, I don't, I don't care for this. I'm going to spew. I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Now, I'm going to read this very quickly. 2 Kings 17, 7 to 23, because part of it is, how did the kings who influenced the priests, we're talking about kings and priests, to change the priesthood, Completely. To do some things that are way off. Listen, you are a king and a priest. A royal priesthood. You be careful about what you allow in your life. And who you're going to depend on. Who you're going to trust in. Don't just go through the motions. Uh, yeah, I come to church or whatever. I've, I think I'm pretty good. But my... my my dependence is on man or something else. I'm trusting in man, trusting in myself. How did they get there? For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, hundreds of years prior, 800 years before, and they had feared other gods and had walked in the statutes of the nations whom the Lord had cast out from before the children of Israel and the kings of Israel, which they had made. 
So they feared more the things of man, of these other nations, than they did of God. And even the statutes of these other nations that God, the Lord, had cast them out. Also, the children of Israel secretly did against the Lord, their God, things that were not right. And they, I almost think it's sarcasm. They did it secretly. Like God doesn't know everything. They did it secretly. Maybe he won't see. We do things secretly. Maybe God won't see. And they built for themselves high places. I already talked about these places of worship. They were places of worship, beautiful, but they were to other gods. That's a high place in all their cities. So they built for themselves in all these high places in all their cities, from watchtower to fortified city, there was these high places. And they set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images on every high hill and under every green tree. It was all done in secret. Because God can't see. There they burned incense on in all the high places, like the nations whom the Lord had carried away before them. And they did wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger, for they served idols of which the Lord had said, You shall not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all of his prophets, every seer saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers, and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. Eighteen kings. Every single king warned. First king, second king, Jer Jeroboam, first king. Man, messed up big time. These golden calves that he made. The worship in other places. Listen. The Lord is desiring for us to come into his presence to worship him, that we would not come in lukewarm. Nevertheless, they would not hear all the prophets, all the, the, the people or the prophets that would come. Nevertheless, they would not hear but stiffened their necks like the necks of their fathers who did not believe in the Lord their God. We're talking about the children of God. We're not just talking about unbelievers. We are talking about the children of God doing these things. We can't be doing these things. You say, Pastor, this is a hard word. The heart of God is that there would be a worship that comes up before him in the beauty of holiness. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant, and it's interesting. When we start to worship something else, whatever it may be, we start to reject his statutes, his commands, the things that he would have us do, and his covenant that he's made with us. I want you to be my children, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. The covenant that he had made with their fathers and his testimonies which he had testified against them. And they followed idols, became idolaters, and went after the nations who were all around them concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. Are we like this world? Do we take in the things of this world? So they left all the commandments of the Lord their God, made for themselves a molded image and two calves, made a wooden image, and worshipped all the host of heaven and served Baal. And they caused their sons and daughters to pass through the fire practiced witchcraft and soothsaying and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah alone. Also, Judah did not keep the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel, which they had made. And the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel, afflicted them and delivered them into the hand of plunderers until he had cast them from his sight. For he tore Israel from the house of David and they made Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, king hundreds of years prior. Then Jeroboam drove Israel from following the Lord and made them commit a great sin. For the children of Israel walked in all the sins of Jeroboam, which he did, and they did not depart from them until the Lord removed Israel out of his sight, as he has said by all his servants, the prophets. So Israel was carried away from their own land to Assyria as it is to this day. Never came back. Listen. 
The Lord wants to work through us before he can work through us to minister to others. That the worship that we would give unto him should be come first. Lord, is there anything that I need to clear out of my life that I'm depending on? Is there anything that I value, the things that you value, do you value them before the Lord? Could you give up the things that you value and esteem highly? Could you give them up and say, no, I will serve the Lord first? It's a check that we need to check. Lord, you are first in my life. There is nothing else, and I will not have anything else that I would hang on to. Hallelujah. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Can't serve God and money. Or whatever. It doesn't have to be money. It's whatever you place as having high value. You can't serve God in this thing that you, say, you have of high value. You'll either serve one or the other. You can't serve both. You will serve one or the other. There is no in between. Now, people will try. Listen how they tried. A mixed worship. Then the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and from Seraphim, and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. So these were others that they had conquered. It's like they're, they're switching... The Syrian king has just switched them around. I'm taking the people from there, bring them here. These people I'm bringing over there. Displaced. And they took possession of Samaria and dwelt in its cities, all these other different peoples. And it was so at the beginning of their dwelling there that they did not fear the Lord. Therefore, the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. So they spoke to the king of Assyria, saying, hey, the nations whom you have removed and placed in the city of Samaria do not know the rituals of God of the land of the God of the land. Therefore, he has sent lines among them. Indeed, they are killing them because they do not know the rituals of the God of the land. I like how they're using the rituals or how God is putting in rituals. Got to have, follow these rituals. Then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, send there one of the priests. That's the thing about idol worship. It just becomes, there's rituals that are performed. And even the things of God, that it would not become a ritual. So send there one of the priests whom you brought from there, from Israel. Let him go and dwell there and let him teach them the rituals of the God of the land. Then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel and taught them how they should fear the Lord. However, every nation continued to make gods of its own and put them in the shrines on the high places which the Samaritans had made, every nation in the cities where, where they dwelt. The men of Babylon made Sukkoth Benoth. The men of Kuth made Nergal. The men of Hamath made Ashimah. And the Avites made Nibat, uh, Nibhaz and Tartak. These are all different gods, idols. And the Seraphites burned their children in fire to Adremelech and Anamelech, the gods of Sarfaham or Vaham. So they feared, listen, so they feared the Lord. And from every class, they appointed for themselves priests of the high places who sacrificed for them in the shrines of the high places. They feared the Lord, yet served their own gods according to the rituals of the nations from among whom they were carried away. They feared God, but they continued to serve their own gods. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve two gods. Say, Pastor... What do I do? We need to examine ourselves. Next week, we're going to have communion. In communion, there's this aspect of examining yourself. Where do I stand before the Lord? Where do I stand? Do I, am I practicing other things? To this day, they continue practicing the former rituals. They do not fear the Lord, nor do they follow their statutes or their ordinances or the law and commandment which the Lord had commanded the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel, with whom the Lord had made a covenant and charged them, saying, You shall not fear other gods, nor bow down to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. I, I hear people saying, 
I'm afraid of Satan. I'm afraid of demons. I'm afraid of these other gods that would come. And we start to back off because of fear, or we start to serve other gods because, well, maybe I can appease. I don't know. We're trusting in other things as believers. Lord is saying, You reverence me. You fear me. You put me first. Worship me. Offer a sacrifice unto me. Dealing with other gods, just quickly. Hezekiah, this is Second Chronicles 29. Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years of age. He reigned 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, right away, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. Why were the doors needing to be repaired? Because they had not been opened for his whole father's reign, Ahaz. Then he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them in the east square. His father was a wicked man. And he said to them, Hear me, Levites, now sanctify yourselves, sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers, and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. There's, a rub there's rubbish that needs to be cleaned out of our, our lives. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. There is rubbish that needs to be cleaned out. What do you do in your free time? What do you do in your free time? Is there any rubbish in your life? Clean it out. Because we can't worship the Lord truly. And we won't be able to, listen, you won't be able to minister to others. There's no way you can minister to others. And the Lord wants to minister through you to others to be kings and priests, that royal priesthood. But there's rubbish that needs to be cleaned out because we can't even worship the Lord and so there was this cleaning out by Hezekiah. For our fathers have trespassed and done evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him, have turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord and turned their backs on him. The dwelling place, even coming into the house of the Lord was something, ah, whatever. I don't need to be in the house of the Lord. Listen, when that's happening to you and you're saying, I don't need to be in the house of the Lord, you know you're not in a good place. Clean out the gods, the idols, the rubbish that is in your life that is distracting you. You cannot serve God and something of other value. You can't serve both. You serve one or the other. If you are, have both, you will be serving the other God. Because God is saying, I will have no other gods before me. Nothing else. Just me. He is so good. They have also shut up the doors of the vestibule, but out, put out the lamps and have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. Therefore, the wrath of the Lord fell upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he has given them up to trouble, to desolation, to jeering, as you see with your eyes. Listen, this is exactly what happens to you and to me when I start to mix worship. I fall into trouble and desolation, to jeering, you see with your own eyes, I am not in a good place. I need to get rid of the rubbish and the idols in my life. I cannot serve God and mammon. For indeed, because of this, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity. The enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a liar. And then the Levites arose. It gives the names of all these different individuals. They arose, they got to work, and they gathered their brethren, and they sanctified themselves, and they went according to the commandment of the king at the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. You, as a child of God, you might be in a wrong place, but you are in authority to what is going to happen in your life if you become under the authority of Jesus Christ. I'm going to listen and obey the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I'm going to place my trust in him. And you are the one that at that point will, the Lord will reveal what needs to be taken out of your life. And even as you examine yourself, as you surrender to the Lord and you recognize your position and that you've been brought to a place of desolation, you've been brought to a place of jeering where other people are just saying, oh my goodness. And this is a, this is a, a believer. Look at that. Look at what they're going through as believers. Now, I'm not saying that we're not going to have difficult times, but the, some of the things that we do, many of the things that we do are because of our own decisions to say, I will not have God first in my life. I'm going to add other gods in my life. We wonder why we are struggling. I love you guys, and the Lord loves you. And there is a way, as you are still breathing as a child of God, and you may have messed up, and there are things in your life that can be taken out just by repentance and confession of sin. I confess, Lord, I've messed up. This is, this is going. I deal radically with these things as Hezekiah did. He dealt radically with it. Clean out the temple. They sanctified themselves. And they began to sanctify on the first day of the first month. On the eighth day of the month, they came to the vestibule of the Lord. So they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days. And on the 16th day of the first month, they finished. Just over two weeks, everything radically changed. Everything cleaned out and sanctified. Listen, there is nothing that can be sanctified except by the blood. It is only by the blood. If I could have the worship team come, just close with a song or two. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many not mighty, nor many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that which are mighty. And the base things, the lowest of things of the world, and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Now here comes the punchline. But of him you are in Christ Jesus. The Lord loves you. You are his children you may be going astray or you may be in a dark place. You might be in a hard place because of the things you've allowed into your life. And the Lord loves you. You are of him in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. The things that the world rejects, Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross, his blood shed for you, they despise it. They mock it. They're putting it down now. They're, there's... I can't believe some of the videos that are on YouTube of people mocking even the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Mocking it. The base things of this world. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But if him, you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God through Jesus Christ, and through Jesus Christ's righteousness, not our righteousness, his righteousness upon us, and sanctification, that which cleanses us and cleans us as children, that our faith would be there in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. I am clean because of Jesus Christ and all the things that I'm getting rid of radically out of my life. Lord, let your blood cleanse me. The things that have brought A grieving in your heart I'm bringing before you. I'm coming before you that you would cleanse me. In 16 days, things that had been for an entire king, the king before him, there was a cleansing. There was a readying to say, we will worship the Lord. His righteousness he sanctifies by his blood and he redeems us. He has bought us. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Can we stand together? Hallelujah.
You might say, is it about his sacrifice? Then they, they went in to King Hezekiah and said, We have clean, cleansed all the house of the Lord, the altar of burnt offerings with all its articles, and the table of the showbread with all its articles. Moreover, all the articles which King Ahaz in his reign had cast aside in his transgression, we have prepared and sanctified, and there they are before the altar of the Lord. The altar. The altar. The altar is the cross. The sacrifice on the cross is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that was slain. And it goes on to say, talk about all the sacrifices. They brought seven bulls, seven rams as they gathered early in the morning. They gathered all the rulers of the city. And they went up to the house of the Lord. Seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, seven male goats for a sin offering for the kingdom, for the whole kingdom, for the sanctuary, for Judah. And he commanded the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on the altar of the Lord. So they killed the bulls and the priests and they received the blood and sprinkled it on the altar. Likewise, they killed the rams and sprinkled the blood on the altar. They also killed the lambs and sprinkled the blood on the altar. This thing of the preciousness of Jesus Christ. His death for us on the cross, His shed blood for us is what sanctifies us. It gets us right before the Lord. And I want you to know, you as a child of God, have not sinned so much that you can't have forgiveness. The Lord has given you an opportunity to make things right before Him. Lord, as I examine myself, that there would be nothing, let me deal radically, that I could worship You before the worship to others. Lord, that I would worship You with who I am. That I would bring glory to Your name that I would recognize and honor the most precious thing, the blood of Jesus shed for you and for me. Lord Jesus, that you alone will I serve. Nothing else will I hang on to. The things that drag me down, the things that weigh me down, the things that slow me up, the things that get me into a place of the derision of others, a place of bondage set free. Lord, that I would be set free from all these things. Lord, even as we close this service, by your Spirit, there would be a recognition a recognition of who you are. Lord, we can come boldly into your presence. Lord, as your word says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, we can come into the holiest. We can come into the presence of God. Lord, you are here. Lord, forgive us where we have come in with something else. Lord, that our our, our the idols that we may have put in our lives, the things that we have clung to that are not of you, the things we, we try to justify, Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. Lord, forgive us. Lord, that we can come in boldly only by the blood of the Lamb. We would come in no other way by your, but by your blood, Jesus. A new and living way which you have consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. The thing that separated from coming into the Holy of Holies was your flesh, Jesus, and it was broken for us as you hung on the cross. You were broken for us, and the veil was opened as we would come in by faith in you, knowing that we have a high priest. Jesus, you are a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. Hallelujah. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. This morning, Lord, as I have spoken Your Word, Lord, in love. Lord, it's not in condemnation, but Lord, it is in love that we can come into Your presence. Lord, You are faithful. You are good. 
that we would not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. That we'd exhort one another, even as it was today, an exhorting, an instruction given, a warning. And especially as we see the day of the Lord approaching, Lord, your day is coming soon. Lord, I pray that there would be no one that would be left behind on that day when you come back for us. But Lord, that we would be ready for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We came to the altar earlier. I pray that this altar would be filled. And I know, yes, we've gone a little bit longer. But let us come to the altar. Maybe you're coming to get rid of things. You're coming. You've made a decision as a king to be a priest that would worship the Lord. We would be kings and priests unto him. Let us fill this altar as we close this service in worship and praise. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.